0: good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 18 of the push start podcast we have some exciting news as always this week i feel like every time that i make a podcast almost the day after is when things start coming out but then again i've heard that from other podcasters too so don't think that's a unique case anyway There is quite a lot to get into, especially regarding the Xbox Series S, the Xbox Series X, as well as the PlayStation 5, some pretty big next-gen discussions that are to be had. Then there's also some news about Control, something I've never really talked about on the channel here, but there's interesting things going on, and it does highlight something about the developers that we can get into and discuss and everyone can come to their own conclusions on, but... Then we do have just a brief discussion on Cyberpunk 2077, something I wanted to highlight, it's good news for the game, and I wanted to bring attention to it, and finally, there isn't any Bethesda news, unfortunately, so uh, I'm not one to make up news, I'm not one to try, if there's nothing there, there's nothing there, it's as simple as that, I'm not going to make up stories for the sake of discussing it, even though I really want to talk about Starfield, I really want to talk about Bethesda, but even from the other studios, you know, id Software is working on the Doom DLC, and there's not been too much about that. I do know that at one point there was a Twitter discussion where the id team was talking about how to handle Marauders, and they made a little bit of a guide video. It was entertaining, it was fun to watch, but there's not much in the way of... New gameplay features, new weapons that'll appear, that sort of thing, or a new gameplay trailer even to analyze, so we have to work with what we got. But, that being said, this uh, podcast will not be completely devoid of Starfield discussion. I do have some short speculation it's going to be at the end of the show, so not a lot, nothing major, not by any means, but it's a small little tidbit to... Get uh get some discussion going, and I think it might get some people excited. Even though we do have a long wait, uh, like I said, I personally I will keep reinforcing this belief that the series the the series S yes, the that Starfield will be announced at E3 2021. At most, we might get a teaser announcing the full reveal uh during the Game Awards. Uh, In which case, they would probably do something where they say, oh, here's a short snippet. Look for the full reveal at E3. But even then, you have quite a long gap between the Game Awards and E3 2021. So, and I say E3, it's whatever equivalent event. If we're still living in these wild times, then Bethesda will put on their own virtual event as they did with uh, QuakeCon, which went over pretty well, all things considered. So they would just do something similar. So it's E3 and equivalent. And if they chose to announce something at Game Awards, then it's gonna be a long wait, and people, they might be disappointed, some will be excited to get something to talk about, I would probably be in the latter, just because I have a channel where I discuss it, and sure enough, any little bit of information people will just rip to shreds i don't care what it is whether it's 10 seconds or two minutes people will tear it apart as they have with the starfield teaser that we do have but anyway that's what i have planned in the agenda mostly some next gen console discussion so we're going to get into all of that so Stay tuned, thank you all for joining me here today, I hope that you sit back, you enjoy, whether you are working around the house or you're commuting somewhere, Uh, you and I, we're talking about these games together, so let's discuss video games, right? The first thing up is the discussion- oh! couple of other announcements so i'm going to put timestamps in the description below you can get to the topics that you want to watch as well as links to my social media page uh specifically twitter so i encourage you guys to follow me on twitter just because that's where i try to keep everyone up to date with what's going on anyway the first discussion for today is the xbox series x and the xbox series s we finally we finally have Price is revealed, and it's not even due to the company themselves, it's due to a leak, of all things. Go figure, you wait until two months before the console comes out, and somebody leaks it. That's, uh, shouldn't be surprising to you, Microsoft. And to be brutally honest, I'm surprised that Sony hasn't had the same thing so far. If whoever had the price of the Xbox Series X and chose to leak it, I would have expected they probably know something about the PlayStation 5, given that they're... Both in the same realm. Although it's a bit interesting when it comes to prices. We're going to be talking about both of them. But first and foremost, the prices have been revealed. It will be 499 or $500 US for the Xbox Series X. And it will be $299 U.S. for the Xbox Series S. $300 and $500 for both consoles. Microsoft, that's incredible. That is incredible absolutely amazing especially considering i genuinely thought that next-gen consoles would cost around 600 dollars us for at least the xbox series x the top of the line there i guess your flagship model but the fact that you brought it down to 500 is incredible and you guys keep saying at microsoft that we want as many people to join in to the xbox ecosystem as possible and this is the best way to do it you're making it affordable you're making it exciting there's tons of other details we'll talk about for example in a little bit with the series x and series x and game pass coming preloaded with over a hundred games that you can play when you get the consoles that's humongous that is really really big deal especially given the fact that these consoles don't have a lot of launch titles a lot of them have been pushed back due to everything going on right now the first thing I want to talk about, primarily, is that Microsoft, they, they all things considered, they did a really pretty damn good job regarding handling the leaks. They, they shouldn't have waited this long, and I said that before, they, they definitely should not have waited until two months before the console releases to start talking about any of these details, and quite frankly, it's a bit ridiculous that they have. Uh, so, all things considered, though, they did do a really, really good job handling the leaks. They sent out a, you know, a little, uh, I don't know what where it's from, but the, the guy who's looking in one direction and then he quickly looks in the other direction, that two-parted meme. Uh, and they said, well, I guess it's out in the open, so we might as well talk about it. Here you go, it's right, yay! And the entire team getting woken up to this news early in the morning when it, it, it happened overnight, I believe, the leaks they responded quickly they responded efficiently they did it in a funny way and realistically people quickly changed their tone and this is i'm going to Branch this into Starfield and Bethesda in a bit, but you'll notice that a lot of people have been frustrated Why haven't we gotten the prices yet? What's going on? I have to save up a lot of us have commitments We have jobs families taxes bills, whatever else is going on in our lives We need to save up for this console And we're getting irritated at the fact that you still haven't announced the price because I genuinely need to put away money for it and the exciting thing about that is Or the interesting thing not the exciting the interesting thing is now that these leaks are out now that people know the prices, their tones have quickly changed. And this is one probably a good result because of the fact that the prices are low, the fact that they are at $500, which for a next-gen console as powerful as a Series X, that is again, incredible for lack of a better word. That's part of the reason I can fully imagine if they said, "Yeah, this console's $700," then a lot of people would have been pissed. But because it was good news on top of actually getting the news, a lot of people are happy. And I said i tie this into Starfield a bit. It's the same exact mentality with Bethesda having not revealed much about Starfield so far. People are angry that they haven't showed any gameplay footage. People are unhappy that they have not given us another teaser trailer or that there's no even interviews where they discuss some small details and some small tidbits without any gameplay footage just discussing it people are upset but i guarantee you if you're watching this channel you're probably on the same side as me where you if you're watching and you've been watching me for some time then you understand the fact that this console is or the starfield is something that is going to be really big, really exciting, everyone's going to be really passionate about it, and as soon as they do fully announce it, tones are very quickly going to change. And anybody who's angry, they're going to swap over. All those people who are angry about Fallout 76, some of them might look at it, and if they still have complaints about Starfield, if they still have complaints, then it's going to be because it's not the game they want. Not because it's a bad game, not because it's underwhelming, but because it's not the game that they wanted but I digress (laughs) uh so the yeah people quickly changed their tone regarding the series x and the series x when the prices came despite having not announced them up until this date two months it's unprecedented that it's taken this long for companies to talk about their consoles let's get into the specs of the series x the series s excuse me now that we do have The prices of the consoles, we do have information about the specs of the consoles as well. There's some developers that have voiced their opinions and their thoughts recently on the power of the Xbox Series S and whether or not it might hold back next-gen consoles. Spoiler alert, the answer is really no. But there were some interesting banter, well not banter, there were some interesting tweets that came from multiple developers. Then they did say conflicting things. Billy Kahn, in a now-deleted tweet, he is the lead engine programmer over at id Software, so he is working on Doom, he had something interesting to say about it. He said that, quote, the memory situation is a big issue on the Series S the much lower amount of memory and the split memory banks will drastically slower speeds will be a major with drastically slower speeds will be a major issue aggressively lowering the render resolutions will marginally help but will not completely counteract the deficiencies in other words, he's saying that the weaker hardware in the series S will not affect just the resolution as we'll talk about in another tweet, but rather it will also come into play with other aspects of the game. You can you can lower the resolution, but you'll need to take a hit on other areas of performance. This might be with draw distances, this might be with loading times, this could be with for example the physics that they can run on the games because that takes a lot of power and it takes a lot of speed in order to do these things especially with 4k i think and another developer will be talking about Gavin stevens he he mentions how people don't truly understand exactly how much power it takes to run at 4k and again we'll talk about more that in a bit those tweets were deleted from billy khan which i find interesting i'm not sure if that was on his own volition maybe he was getting a lot of negative response from that take it's also possible that uh you know he simply maybe changed his mind as soon as he started doing more research so he might have not been entirely right but that being said it is worth noting that he said there will be a performance hit and when you're talking about a 200 cheaper console That's to be expected, isn't it? When you sit down and you say, all right, we have this the the budget entry-level option, and then we have the Premiere, the flagship option, there's going to be sacrifices. Now, with the PlayStation 5, it's a bit different. They have a discless edition and a disc version, both of which are running the same hardware. That's not the case. These are two separate consoles with two completely different specs. One has a stronger uh, amount of... RAM is or a stronger CPU, one is a slightly weaker CPU. One is using a slightly stronger GPU, one is using a slightly weaker GPU. So there's all trade-offs that will come from both systems. The other series of tweets is coming from Gavin Stevens. Now, Gavin Stevens is an indie developer, and he sent out a 41 ser- uh, 41 threads A thread that was 41 chains long? How does it work with Twitter? He had a thread that was 41 posts long, where he went into a lot of detail, breaking down many of the specific elements of the console as to whether or not it will hold back next gen his first tweet went out how are we all doing today i've decided to keep on with the tech post in a slightly different way so using updated and final info what the new xbox series x and xbox series s are like i wanted to talk about the big question is the series s going to hold back next gen gaming and again this is 41 tweets that he sent out in this chain he did mention in the second one spoilers no this isn't a lot this isn't a next gen console and there's very distinct differences especially with the GPUs being used these are running on modern hardware GPUs whereas last gen consoles or I guess you could still say current gen consoles were running on an outdated architecture so that's one of the biggest differences the fact alone that they are working on different architectures for their GPUs makes a massive massive difference it's if you've watched the NVIDIA event where they did go into detail and they did discuss how Turing is the current architecture and they're going into a new one called Ampere and the vast differences in performance that this new architecture can hold, you'll understand. You'll have a better understanding of where it's going. This is the same thing with, for example, he mentions him being Gavin Stevens, mentions that they're using uh, RDNA, which is, of course... AMD's version of, you know, it's their equivalent to Turing or Ampere from NVIDIA. It's their architecture. So AMD's RDNA architecture is considerably more powerful than that of the previous one. I apologize. I don't know exactly what architecture it's running off hand. Polaris. It was Polaris. Yes, I do know. (laughs) Don't doubt yourself. It was Polaris. So that alone is a big difference but he does go into to the specific specifications we know that the ram speeds on the series s will be a bit slower with the xbox series x i hate this naming convention by the way it's so irritating to talk about the xbox series x has 16 gigabytes of gddr6 ram while the series s only has 10 gigabytes of gddr6 RAM. Those of you who are familiar with PCs will know that 16 is pretty much the standard nowadays. And while you don't typically need a maximum of 16, that's the ideal. That's what you strive for. You don't want, generally speaking, less than that. 8 is not enough. Six, ten is just right. 16 is the gold standard, the current modern standard. So take that how you will. He does discuss that this isn't going to do a lot to it uh but it's you're working with less technology there the performance target for both consoles the xbox series x is 4k gaming with 60 fps up to 120. i don't know about that we we did see the current gen consoles they were boasting about how 60 fps everything will be running at 60 fps and yet i play on my Xbox one s and I struggle to get 30 frames a second with a game such as Jedi Fallen Order so I don't know where they they kept boasting about 60 FPS now the new thing is 120 frames per second I I think the standard will probably be getting them to work at 4k 30 FPS or 2k 60 FPS even for the more powerful series x that's just my opinion i'm sure there will be some games that can run at native 4k that's the other thing too is there's a difference between native 4k versus up upres 4k so i think while it says the target is 4k 60 fps for the series x we do have to understand that there will be compromises there will be developers are going to push the hardware to their limits and while they do have more par- powerful hardware to push it's might not necessarily be exactly what microsoft is touting and again i just want to reinforce that is exactly what we saw with the current gen of consoles they were boasting 4k 60 fps and now we're getting into the next gen where they're boasting 4k 60 fps now it's 4k 120. always take a step back always take a step down from what they say their targets are For the Series S, on the other hand, it will not be able to run 4K games. It will be running at 1440p or 2K 60 frames per second with up to 120 frames per second. Again, I'm going to take the lower end of that estimate, but the Xbox Series S will be more equivalent to the Xbox One S, where it's less powerful, it can run at 2K. I think it can run at 4K, although it really doesn't because games aren't native 4K, which does make a big difference. So the Series S in that regard, the GPU is considerably less powerful where it cannot function at a full 4K. This is one of the big standouts. The next one is, of course... The CPU. Now the CPU is running the same eight-core Zen 2, running at 3.6 gigahertz and 3.4 when you enable multi-threading. Again, this is coming from Gavin Stevens. For comparison, the Series X is running at 3.8 versus um versus 3.6 with simultaneous multi-threading. In the scheme of things, a 0.2 gigahertz drop is hardly anything to worry about. This is a slight drop in performance that can be made up in other ways. This is when Gavin goes on to talk about the resolution and exactly how much power resolution draws and how much emphasis, it, how much weight it puts onto the system. So, he mentions about how a 4K versus a, all the way down to a 1080p display affects or rather 720p display, affects the amount of power that these consoles can put out. A game that targets 4K 30 frames a second means twice the GPU power is available against those that are running 4K 60 frames per second. That difference of 30 frames, yes, according to Gavin, is two times the power budget. Some people might turn around and think, well, I want to run it at 4K, and it should only be about, well, a 15% increase in power. Nobody really actually speaks that way. But people might not actually understand the full depth of how much it takes to run a game at native 4K. And again, that's the big thing is native 4K, not upscaled, because you can upscale from 2K, and that's what I think a lot of games will probably do personally. But there's a big difference there. So all in all... And again, this is a there's 41 tweets that goes on, but the to summarize some of the later ones, he does mention how, yes, effectively you can in contrast to what we heard from, <clears throat> excuse me, Billy Kahn, he says that yes, you can. There will be some other things, for example, some of the textures will be a bit lower quality probably, and of course. essentially it would be the same as running a game to be optimized for a 2080 ti which is the most powerful graphics cards you can currently have in your pc versus an rtx or a gtx 2070 you're running the same game with the same feature set but you're you're downscaling some of the aspects whether it's the draw distance whether it's the texture quality whether it's the shadow quality these sorts of items it'll just be a little bit lower and some people will not have a problem with that. Other people, they, they'll they look for the more powerful experience. They're looking for the optimal gaming experience. And the one thing that I will say about these two consoles is that they're priced incredibly appropriately for what you're getting. It's not really an issue that the Series S is... Running off of a weaker, arc, uh, weaker architecture, a weaker uh, part set. It's not an issue that the Series S is running with less intensity and can't handle the 4K because realistically, the people who are going to buy the Series S won't care. Realistically, Microsoft is killing it with their pricing and killing it with the value that they're providing with these next gen consoles because if you want the Series S experience, if you don't care about the 4K, Then you go with the series s but if you really want to see your games played in 4k and you really want to take advantage of for example both of them are capable of ray tracing so i was going to say that but that's not even applicable both consoles will be able to handle ray tracing so if you want to take advantage of simply the better visuals and possibly some you know better well it falls in line with visuals doesn't it better shadows better render distance better load speeds is something that falls outside that realm if you want to take advantage of slightly faster load speeds that the hardware can handle then the xbox series x will be your choice and both of them whatever whatever you're looking for has the value relative to its price and so i think that microsoft did a great job with the pricing of these consoles it is worth noting that both of the systems are taking a price hit and we're going to be talking about the playstation 5 in just a little bit Both consoles are taking a loss on each sale. They are trying to make up with it in other areas. One of which, and this is the final discussion we have for the Xbox Series X, one of which is the real cost of the Xbox consoles. And this is very important. I saved this to the end for a reason. Because we've been talking about how both of these consoles will be priced very fairly the big thing that's holding them back and one of the areas that microsoft really <coughs> excuse me one of the areas that microsoft really chose to take a step back and sony's doing the exact same thing they're doing the exact same thing is the storage size some games are getting as large as 100 gigabytes of space 100 that is absolutely insane now these games are this large for a reason the textures are really detailed the amount of things going on the environments they're they're all massive so that entirely warrants massive game sizes but that's not the issue the issue is that the xbox series s will have a 500 gigabyte storage 500 gigabytes which means that you'll probably be able to have, at most, three to four games, depending on their size. Because, of course, the console itself is going to take up some of that storage space. <sighs> this gets this gets a little bit scary for consumers. Some of you might not have a problem. Some of you might be like, well, I usually play a game to completion and then delete it and move on. If you're anything like me, that's not possible. I like to go to a variety of games. I like to have... Seven to twelve games on my console at any time so that I can pick and choose what I want to play now If you're playing on the Xbox Series X you're a bit better off. You have one terabyte of storage again Assuming that games take up about a hundred gigabytes you will have Approximately seven to nine games that you can fit on the console now if you're playing a game like Call of Duty Which is horribly optimized and they really do need to get this Together they need to get everything together with their file sizes. They're absolutely absurd But if you're playing games like call of duty expect it to be less because those games are probably going to be you know 120 130 150 gigabytes of storage even just absolutely nuts so whenever you you you're better off with the series x in that regard you will have the one terabyte of storage some of it some of that space will be allocated towards the system's hardware itself the Series S and the Series X will both require first or rather third party. They'll require very specific Seagate expansion cards if you wanted to expand the memory on your console. Now, again, if you only care about having two to six games, then you're perfectly fine based on which console you purchase. But the cards are rumored to cost about $200 according to recent leaks. This information is coming from comicbook.com where they mentioned that these cards might be either the way forward this is exactly what they say proprietary expansion cards the way forward or a future curse this is worrying now the cards need to be used in order to take advantage of the next gen hardware the read and write speeds need to be fast enough to keep up with the games that are being designed on them the cards leaked via reddit uh, suggested a 220 retail price. Oh man, Br- effectively bringing the price of the console. I, I, every time I read this, I get flabbergasted by the news. The one terabyte of SSD expansion storage is going to be $220, which will bring effectively the price of the Series S from $300 to $500 dollars if you want to actually be able to host a number of games on the console without having to finagle and delete them when you want to install a new one of course the size of these games that's something else to keep in mind as the size of these games get bigger the download time is going to take longer which means that you're probably not going to want to have to take off one game to install another because you won't be able to get to play it the day that you download, you'll have to think, oh, well, you know, tomorrow... (laughs) Tomorrow, you know, I might feel like playing, uh, The Witcher, so... Or tomorrow I might feel like playing Cyberpunk. So, you know what, I'm gonna delete off, uh, I don't know. We're gonna delete Starfield for now. That's a cardinal sin to Bethesda listeners We're gonna delete off Starfield for now and we're gonna put on uh, Cyberpunk so that I could play it tomorrow even though I was kind of in the mood to play Starfield today, but uh, you know Didn't want to spend another two hundred dollars to get this uh, this expansion card So we're we'll just we'll make room. We'll make it work. That's stressful, that's massively inconvenient, I know for myself speaking, if I were to go with the Series S, I probably would just end up shelling out the extra $200 anyway to get the 1TB of storage, at that point I might as well just get the Xbox Series X because I am getting the more powerful hardware. Maybe this is exactly what Microsoft is hoping to do. It's very possible, and on top of that, the one thing about Microsoft is that you need to get the Seagate cards. I'm sure other companies will probably come off with knockoffs of it. that's they'll they'll come off with products that say it works with the Series X guaranteed. and uh yeah, we see this all the time with, for example, oh it's it's different. It's not exactly the same but we see it all the time with, for example, the rechargeable controller batteries or the the controllers themselves, I guess, would be a better example that will work with the the, uh, the Xbox. So you might as well, at that point, if you're gonna be spending another $200, just get the Series X. And that might be exactly what Microsoft is hoping to do. It will get them to buy the more expensive expensive console, And then on top of that, you'll also probably realistically, even with the one terabyte of storage, you'll probably end up getting another storage drive. Anyway, the biggest issue is that SSDs are, excuse me. The biggest issue is that SSDs are the future gaming. SSDs are where, you know, for example, I'm looking into buying a new PC build. I probably won't even have a typical hard drive in my computer. A solid state drive, rather. I will be going entirely, I'm sorry, I got that completely backwards. A hard drive, I'll be going entirely with solid state drives. I will not be going with the other hard drives. So, that's just because that's what games are going to be requiring to run. And especially if you're considering buying a new PC... Uh, due to, for example, the RTX 30 series, 3000 series, maybe that got you excited. It's probably worthwhile to completely ignore the standard HDD drives and just go with the SSD, solid state drives. This is something to keep in mind if you're debating whether or not to go with the Xbox or Microsoft or PlayStation consoles. You might want to know exactly what you're getting yourselves into and on top of that if you do decide hey i'm fully on team microsoft then do keep in mind that you might as well just get the series x especially if you have the money for it or if you don't really care about the amount of games and you don't really care about 4k then by all means go for the series s so let's move on to the playstation 5 we've been talking this entire time about the Xbox Series X, and this Xbox Series S. Let's move on to the PlayStation 5. The PlayStation 5, we don't have the prices yet, (laughs) still. However, thank God. Oh, it is worth noting as well. I don't think I mentioned this at any point, but the launch date for the next-gen consoles for the Xbox uh, will be November 10th for both of them. I should have said that in the very beginning, but there you go. Now, the... uh, The PlayStation 5 is going to be coming out with a reveal and announcement date on September 16th, so it's coming out pretty soon, and we'll finally be getting our information on the PlayStation 5. There are some leaked prices that we did get, and they're maybe a bit worrying for some people. Because they are more expensive than the Microsoft consoles, this is possibly why each company was waiting to hold off. They did have their price points, and Microsoft is going for. <sighs> My, so, I'm sorry, I'm recording this really early in the morning. Microsoft is going for a much cheaper console, so. PlayStation has to remain competitive. According to comicbook.com, they cited a Game Reactor report where Sony is internally adjusting its price point for the console ahead of the news that the Xbox Series X will cost $500. The PlayStation 5 is now claiming that it will cost $500, which is exactly in line with the series. Oh my god! Ah! Get it out. Get it all out. <laughs> Like, I'm recording this very early in the morning. I can't shake the yawns. So, the PlayStation 5 will supposedly... I feel another one coming already. The Xbox... The PlayStation... Oh, God. The PlayStation 5 will supposedly be launching at $500, U.S. Dollars, which is exactly the same as the Xbox Series X. However, the discless edition, the all-digital edition of the PlayStation 5, which has the exact same hardware... The exact same hardware, and that's where the difference between, for example, the Discless versus the Xbox Series X, the PlayStation 5 with both of their versions that are coming out, can at least boast the fact that they will be equally as powerful. Here it comes. Ah! Whereas the we're gonna pretend it didn't happen, whereas the Xbox Series S is a less powerful console the price difference the five hundred dollars for the disc drive versus four hundred dollars one hundred dollars more expensive than the series s for the diskless edition do with that what you will this report also notes however and this is the more interesting bit that the original prices were going to be five hundred dollars for the diskless edition for god's sake and $600 you know what the problem is I'm thinking about it I'm thinking about it and it keeps making me do it I'm trying so hard to focus on what I'm looking at <laughs> it's not working anyway the discless edition before this report was supposedly going to be $500 whereas the disk edition is there is the disk drive edition is there a name for it the disc drive edition was going to be $600, and before even this news, again, this is coming from comicbook.com, uh, before this news, I heard that the next-gen PlayStation 5 for the disc edition will cost as much as $700, US, which that, I'm just saying right now, that would have thrown Sony in the dust. They would have been dead on arrival if they tried to launch their console at $700 compared to the $500 of the Series X. Lowering their prices from whatever it was is definitely a good move. However, the digital edition, and I'm sure this is what Sony's trying to get out of you. Th- <laughs> stop at me the digital edition is going to be the best bang for your buck because so- sony and microsoft they're both trying to promote the fact of discless consoles and the reason why is because if you have to buy on their soft, you have to buy on their platform so if you get the digital edition of the playstation you need to buy from the playstation store you have no competition of anywhere else you can buy from which means that you're subjugated to paying their 30 percent cut that they get through the PlayStation Store Microsoft is the same way if you buy through the xbox store there's a 30% price that they take on the console that's the advantage of the digital editions and for a lot of people they don't really care I see more and more people every time that this conversation gets brought up that they say, yeah, to be brilliant, what do I need a disk drive for? I could just buy on the PlayStation and I'll have it right there and it's there forever. At least there until Sony decides we're taking it away from you or that Sony stops making consoles, but it's there. And I don't have to worry about the disks getting scratched. I don't have to worry about anything else happening to it. I don't have to worry about losing it. I get the game on my console. It's ready to go. I can download it, play it. It's a lot of convenience, especially with the fact that used games are becoming less and less popular and retailers such as uh, Games Game GameStop don't offer you great prices. So there's not really too much of a reason to be bringing them in anyway, right? both the xbox and the playstation 5 will be taking price cuts it is worth noting they mentioned uh, that they'll be losing money with each console sale realistically at the end of the day in order to hear more about the consoles uh, we have to wait until the event from playstation but all in all i will say both consoles are offering fantastic bang for your buck and many of the casual consumers these prices might hold Sony back a little bit the five the $400 console if there is a $300 Xbox console as some people might just be looking for the cheapest option. One of the benefits of the discless edition is that it's a little bit cheaper you do save money and you do get the same hardware as opposed to the series or the microsoft console so some people might take the middle of the road option they'll say okay well we have a 300 to 400 and a 500 console i'll get the five the 400 one i don't get the disk drive it's on playstation and on top of that i will get the same specs as for example the playstation the normal playstation 5 or it will be comparable to the xbox series x for a hundred dollars less so hell yeah i'll go without the disk drive so That also might work to to Sony's advantage. Microsoft especially is relying on Xbox Game Pass subscription. This is where their future of their consoles are going. It's all going to be through the cloud. It's the inevitable future that I'm not looking forward to. And, of course, Microsoft also has all of their first-party studios. So, those who are looking to be early adopters of the consoles, I mentioned before that a lot of launch titles are being delayed. There is an advantage for Xbox where you will get over 100 games at launch if you are subscribed to Xbox Game Pass. They'll be on the console, ready to go, and you don't, you know, especially if these games are already optimized for next-gen hardware. We see the free upgrades to uh you know, for some current gen titles are getting free upgrades for the next gen consoles. If this is the case, you're already at an advantage, uh, especially with the Microsoft consoles. So that's one thing. And then, of course, Microsoft also holds the advantage over PC gaming, as many of their titles are available for PC. Now, Sony is going to inevitably follow this as well. They will adopt putting their games on PC. We saw it with Horizon Zero Dawn. It worked pretty well for them, and we're going to continue to see more games do that. I believe it's even been reported that sony has expressed interest in doing so it's just a matter of when and the sooner they do the better but for microsoft you can play it anywhere especially with xcloud especially with game pass you're getting phenomenal deals with game pass they know that and they're hoping that you will choose those systems why because those will lock you into the xbox ecosystem you are now going to become a part of Microsoft's environment and Microsoft's consumer base by buying Game Pass you'll be locked in there and of course you don't even need a console you don't even need with xCloud a PC you do it on your phone not saying that's the best way to experience it but it is an option both consoles either way oh and the last thing is that I think eventually Microsoft and Sony will probably just end up selling what amounts to pre-built PCs I mean technically speaking they already kind of are but it's just going to keep going more and more down that path where eventually you might as well just buy yourself a pre-built computer if you want to play games on it, just saying. Anyway, on top of that, the, the computers, you can choose to just either buy a new graphics card or realistically your graphics cards will probably work or you can upgrade your CPU. You do it in parts as opposed to buying a whole new system. Keep that in mind. You might want to just buy a PC with the 30 series cards, but you know. Do whatever you want, guys. <laughs> Just my opinion. So that is about all I have for next gen talk. Uh, it did seem a bit all over the place, but we're gonna move on. This is gonna be a very quick one, so pretty hard to get lost in this discussion. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Short discussion here, but it is it is nice to hear uh, from the earnings call that we had a little bit while a little while ago, where I believe it's probably the same one where they mentioned about. Uh, the microtransactions, which I made a video on. You could watch that if you're interested, but they did, uh, it, this is coming from CFO Pure Neil Neil I don't know how to pronounce your name. I apologize, but he did reaffirm to fans that Cyberpunk 2077 is in the final stretch of development. And they said that the successes of Night City Wire means that CD Projekt Red has adjusted well in the face of global events. You know what they are. I don't know if YouTube's still kind of watching for those words. They do watch for those keywords. I heard that they were actually sort of muting videos that use those keywords. So I'm just going to still avoid it for a while. But it's good to know that when they said when we meet again in this format, referring to uh, their financial call, that they will have already had Cyberpunk 2077 released. It is slated for November 19th. This continues on saying that they are confident in their release date now. They are certain that they'll be able to meet it without further delays as long as things continue without a hitch. It is one of the most anticipated titles and one of the things that I will say in regards to possible delays about CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk I hope it does get the polish it needs. We we heard in the past, and I've brought this up multiple times, that they weren't happy with the melee combat. They're putting a lot of emphasis to get that right. I do hope that they have the time that they want to do so. I can very well imagine that CD Projekt Red is undergoing a lot of stress to get this game done. Multiple delays do not mean less crunch. It means crunch stretched out over longer periods of time. This is something that Jason Schreier has written about extensively. I encourage you to look it up. Uh, You could probably just search Jason Schreier crunch and the articles that he has written on it will come into play. But one of the things that he does mention is that delays mean that you're crunching to meet that initial release date. So if you have a game that's slated to release in April and then you delay it to August, right? You're crunching to meet that April release date. And then it gets to a point where you realize that the crunch isn't going to work and you won't meet it. Then you delay it. What happens then is you end up crunching to meet the August release date. Oh, another delay into November? Okay, well, now you just crunched all that time, realized you couldn't meet it. Now you have to delay to crunch to meet the November release date. So keep that in mind, everybody. And while while delays are good and it does give the games time to get polished and it's good on that aspect... Keep in mind what the developers are going through. They're working really, really hard for these games, and that goes for any studio. Whether you're mad at, for example, Fallout 76, I think is a really great example. If you're mad at Fallout 76 and what the developers have done, keep in mind that a lot of that is corporate policy. The developers are just trying to make a good game. And when you get mad at them, it's, it's a bit unfair. So just understand where you direct your anger towards. But I digress. I'm sure that there's probably a bit of low morale if the devs are working incredibly hard on this game, but they are feeling rushed to get it out at the release date. So you know, they might have, for example, they said, we're not happy with where Melee Combat is. But then you have CD Projekt Red on a more corporate level saying, okay, but we need to make this deadline. So here you have a bunch of developers who are aware of an issue that their game has without the time they need or that they would like to have to fix those systems instead they're forced to get the game done we need to get it out the door maybe we could do something about it later that especially you know from a developer and a creative standpoint this is your baby it's your project and you want it to be the best that it possibly can be and you have to make sacrifices and that hurts and I I feel for the developers on this game and I hope that they continue to stay strong. They continue to, you know, if they need to, look at the big picture, look at everything, you know, even though the melee combat might not be exactly where they want, look at the big picture and look at how much they actually have accomplished. It's a very promising title. It's still going to sell great no matter what happens. People are so excited. It's probably the most anticipated game of the entire year, Uh, and it has been for quite, it's been the most anticipated game probably since it's been announced, to be brutally honest, from a lot of people. So... Keep that in mind, keep keep on keeping on is, is the best thing. And I'm really excited for the launch of Cyberpunk. And I hope many of you are as well. It, it, it looks like it's a cool game. If it's not your kind of thing, it's not your kind of thing. That's totally fine. But hey, there you go. So that's it for Cyberpunk. So let's move on to Control. Control's in a bit of an interesting situation. <laughs> it's a lot of people aren't happy with 505 right now. And I don't blame them. For those of you who don't know what's been going on. The 505 games released a deluxe edition, I get very confused with all the, I hate all the different editions of games, just make two, that's all you need, you need two versions of it, one with DLC, one without DLC, anyway, I digress. There was a deluxe edition that released at $80 which included both the game's DLC. However, people who bought this were in for quite a bit of a shock when 505 Games announced that no, we're not going to upgrade the deluxe the yes, the deluxe edition of the game for next gen. Instead, you need to buy the ultimate edition which costs $40 and comes with all the DLC. But nonetheless, you need to you need to buy the $40 Ultimate Edition in order to get the next-gen upgrade. They said that previously it was not possible. They are, quote, unable to offer an upgrade path to all existing control players. Yikes. Especially when so many other companies have been doing so. So many other companies have been giving... Upgrades we see it coming from for example, Bethesda. They stated that they're giving the free next-gen upgrades We've seen it coming from cyberpunk. We've seen it coming from uh... Oh boy, I'm I'm, of course I'm gonna blank on all the titles that are offering it but most titles that are coming out within the end of this console generation I believe maybe Ghost of Tsushima is even getting one. They're getting free upgrades to take advantage of next-gen hardware and Microsoft has specifically stated, Sony's been a bit more quiet about it, but Microsoft has specifically stated, yeah, it's there, it's whether or not the developers want to do it. It's entirely on them. If they choose not to upgrade, nothing we can do about it. If they don't want to give you a free upgrade or if they want to charge, we've seen some, some, uh, you know, a bit more scummy things. For example, I believe it was NBA or Madden or one of those sports games that said, yeah, 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 you can upgrade, but you need to buy it within this time frame. Otherwise you can't upgrade it's just just giving them the goddamn upgrade right anyway I, I, I I'm, I'm conflicted on this one but, but these a shock came in for a lot of players when shortly after the ultimate edition went on sale that's the ultimate edition the one that does give you the upgrade ps4 users started sharing on reset era that it had replaced their existing deluxe edition when the game initially released They went on to say that the PS4 store new release area says that I own the Control Ultimate Edition despite having purchased the Deluxe Edition at launch. They were surprised, or probably not surprised later on, when they said later that day, some of the PS4 users reported that their access to the Ultimate Edition had been revoked. So, essentially, what happened they bought the deluxe edition the one that does not come with the upgrade they were surprised when they found out that it had been upgraded it said they already owned the ultimate edition which does come with the next gen upgrade but then that was taken away yikes 505 Whew. they have not done much to clear up the confusion 505 or remedy which developed control They haven't really talked about it much, they might be trying to find a way to make a statement, or alternatively, they just might stay silent on the matter in order to avoid making comments, hopefully they could just sweep it under the rug, I'm not too sure. But the fact of the matter is, people are wondering, is it genuinely a problem where they can't, and I don't think anybody really believes this, that they can't provide a next gen upgrade, or they're choosing not to release a next gen upgrade, and I and most people think that it's the latter they are choosing not to upgrade because they can make a little bit extra money for doing so and it's a shame because especially when for example a lot of people i know didn't play control what i've heard about control is it is a great game i've also heard that it didn't do incredibly well maybe that's a result of marketing maybe that's just a result of people didn't know exactly what the game was uh, I know, for example, I'm in that boat. I don't, genuinely don't quite, and I, I haven't done much in, my, in you know, Control's defense. I haven't looked into it that closely. But I, from what I've seen, I don't understand what the game's trying to be. And I just didn't have any interest of in it as a result. Will I give it a try eventually? Probably when it goes on for a steep sail, I'll probably give it a look as something that can take up a spot in my backlog. But this isn't the way to win over consumers this isn't the way to win over fans especially if you're thinking about i don't know making a sequel or making another game because people will now associate 505 oh yeah those are the guys who made control right and they'll also associate with oh yeah those are the guys who uh they charged people when everybody else gave away the upgrades for free right yeah yeah them not a good look for you 505 i would consider at this point it's it's hard they they've they've really put themselves between a rock and a hard place because on the one hand i think one of the best options for them probably would to be delay the release of the ultimate edition the one that does come with the upgrade i would say delay the release of the ultimate edition and make a statement saying we are going to work incredibly hard to make sure that the uh the definitive edition the deluxe edition i'm sorry the deluxe edition can give you the free upgrade so we're delaying the launch of the next gen upgrades uh but we are offering and, and just completely backpedal and do a 180 and of course people will be like oh sure you could do it all along but they'll be playing it and people will be happy that they don't have to spend an additional 40 dollars when some of them possibly already spent 80 dollars on your game it's pretty scummy it's, it's, it's not a good position to be in, and I don't envy 505 for, for being stuck in, the, in this position, but at the same time, the person who decided this is the way they're going should have looked at all of the other companies and what they're doing, realized that most of them are getting a free upgrade, and said, okay, we should probably do the same for anybody who's playing our game. I don't know what... They didn't really... The other problem is they didn't really explain why they couldn't give the free upgrade they just said that we're unable to offer it that's not an answer that to me and why nobody believes them is why they're just doing this to get some extra bucks and it's it's really biting them in the ass especially now especially now so on to our last topic for today this one's gonna be a bit more fun a bit more happy and that is on the topic of Starfield and next-gen visuals. Again, I said this wasn't going to be a very long talk. It's just something I wanted to get uh, into all of your minds. and something for you guys to think about and discuss possibly, you know, whether it's on Reddit or on, you know, my own comment section or just across Twitter, social media, that, kind of, that sort of thing. But one thing I really did want to discuss is Starfield and next-gen visuals. A lot of people... They are worried about Bethesda games because one of the un- one of the unique things I will say about Bethesda games they don't age very well. Uh, usually, when they come out, I think for example, myself and most other people, when Skyrim came out, most of us were impressed in 2011. That was a good-looking game, but their engine does date quickly. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I still play Skyrim, and especially with mods that are offered, I love playing skyrim to bits in fact i just started a brand new character hopefully i'll actually finish the quest this the the main quest line this time because i've never done that before but i'm looking forward to this character i like him a lot and we'll we'll see how far i get but you know people 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 will say they, they come out they look really good and then they don't age well but thankfully the next gen uh the next gen bethesda games will be using photogrammetry in order to capture the game in order to make them look better and on par with next gen visuals and most other studios. The one thing that I want to put into the minds of players today is that it might look a lot better than actually we think. And the reason I say this is because ray tracing. Ray tracing is quickly becoming the standard for next generation games. You're seeing it all over the place. Ray tracing was initially introduced with the RTX series of cards. I'm pretty sure that's where the R came from, was ray tracing. And people weren't excited because, okay, maybe one, two games could actually use ray tracing. Right now we have Minecraft that can do it, but even my RTX 2080, to be shut up phone, my RTX 2080 can't even technically keep up with it. It really, it runs completely horribly, and apparently you can only do it if you're running with a 2080 Ti. It will actually run okay. So, ray tracing has been a thing for a while, but it was just impossible with the current hardware. Now it's going to quickly become, especially with the launch of the 3000 series of cards, it's going to become a standard in games. We see it in Cyberpunk, we are going to see it in future games, for example, Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, we will probably be seeing it with a lot of these next-gen upgrades. You know, we're just talking about Control. Control will almost certainly include ray tracing. So, all of these games are using it. It's becoming the standard. And one thing, like I said, when Bethesda games come out, at the very least, they look pretty good. And I think only a few people will actually argue with me on that. And if you don't agree, that's totally fine. But, I personally think they have their own art style. And I I genuinely love the way that Skyrim looked when I first saw it back in 2011. Still crazy to think that's how long it's been. Ray tracing is going to probably be in Starfield. And while some people might not think it's a big deal, what I will say is I do think it'll lose to the fact that Starfield is going to look better than most of us realize. And when we do get those first shots of Starfield gameplay, I think most of us will be pleasantly surprised by exactly how beautiful this game will look. And how impressive Starfield is going to look. And ray tracing being a part of it, I firmly believe, and this is purely speculatory, but I would be surprised. I'm going to put 99% of my money that Starfield will include ray tracing and that's one of the highlights they're going to show off the game you're going to have todd howard on stage it's the same way he talked about volumetric lighting and with fallout 4 now it's going to be ray traced lighting you can accurately see all of these reflections on the difference i could picture in todd howard's voice him talking about this and the new lighting systems and the photogrammetry i can just i can picture it so well in my mind the only thing i can't picture is exactly what the game looks like in terms of the tone the style the architecture the technology you know is it sort of an alien everything's pretty outdated but still it's in the future or is it more sleek more linear in design or is it very modern you know the types of aircrafts and, and space shuttles that we see today is that what we're going to get in the game so that's the only thing i can't picture outside of all those elements i can fully imagine Todd how we're talking about it how we'll talk about it discussing ray tracing discussing photogrammetry and i want people to get excited i want people to have a little bit of hype rejuvenated for the game because i really do think it's going to surprise a lot of us anyway that's like i said it was just a short discussion something i wanted to bring up was thinking about it quite a lot over the past week so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast please Be sure to let me know. Uh, For those of you that are listening, this is also available on Spotify. So if you are one of my Spotify listeners, please, if you have feedback on how to improve the show, reach out to me, outlook.com. That's D-A-M-A-R-C-O, dude, D-U-D-E, at outlook.com. Feel free to shoot me an email, or better yet, the best thing to do would be reach out to me on Twitter. That is at demarcodude. If you're watching on YouTube, you can uh, follow it in the description box. So, let me know feedback on how I can improve this show. It's still pretty early. We're only 18 episodes in. And I don't do it that consistently, so I'm still learning new things. I genuinely can say there's a lot of little things behind the scenes that I'm pretty proud of in terms of my speaking, my presentation. For example, I've been very conscious over the past week to try to limit the amount of ums or likes in my in my uh, discussion, in my dialogue, so hopefully some of you probably will subconsciously pick up on something like that instead i try to just take a bit of a breath i'm exaggerating it now but you get what i'm saying so little things that i'm doing to improve but i want to make the show more entertaining so let me know whatever you're thinking anyway thank you guys so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this was a fun discussion i had with you so i i, I enjoy talking a lot about these things especially next-gen consoles they get me real get me really excited so with that out of the way One more time, a big thank you, and I hope to see you all next time. So long, everybody.